Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Today is Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined again today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning I'd like to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Numbers chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. This is just a brief section from our daily Bible readings that we have posted online and in our Read the Bible in 2022 booklets that are still available in our entryway. Uh, If you haven't done that yet or you're interested in still popping on, I'd encourage you to uh, check out our website or grab one of those booklets in the entryway. So Numbers 5, 6, and 7 say, Speak to the children of Israel when a man or woman commits any sin that men commit in unfaithfulness against the Lord, and that person is guilty. Then he shall confess the sin which he has committed. He shall make restitution for his trespass in full, plus one-fifth of it, and give it to the one he has wronged. So this is a, a, just a brief section from, from Numbers speaking to how one should make restitution for a wrong that one has done. Um, so if you recognize that you've done something wrong, whether you are a man or a woman, uh, you should confess your sin, it says, confess the sin which you committed, and then make restitution for it. And I think, uh, you know, in, in our church services every week, we generally, although sometimes there are exceptions, but generally we begin our services with the confession and absolution. And the, uh, the reason why we do this is because as we are coming into God's house and as we are preparing ourselves to hear his word and to be refreshed by the gospel, it's important that we unburden ourselves first of any of these sins that the past week that may be haunting us or bothering us to hear the forgiveness of sins that God offers us through his son, Jesus Christ. That's why we keep the, that's why we have the confession right away because it's that unburdening that, uh, that, uh, letting go of sin in the past and hearing the forgiveness that Christ offers us um, through the pastor. Um, So you're likely familiar with the words of confession as we uh, come into church with the Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, have mercy on us, poor sinners. Um, And then we hear the absolution, uh, which is the the forgiveness from Christ. Um, God has had mercy on us. He has given his only son to die for us. All those who uh, he gives the privilege of being called children of God promises them his Holy Spirit. So this is a regular part of our service, and sometimes we include it later uh, before the Lord's Supper, which is certainly an appropriate practice as well. But it's important to have this confession and absolution idea, and it traces its way all the way back to the Old Testament. Uh, and here we see a number is a good example of it, of first confessing your sins, acknowledging that you are a sinner, and then turning to the Lord for forgiveness. But it's not only that, and then the, this is the important part that comes after from Numbers, is uh, making restitution for it. So the word restitution is kind of a big word. It means It means to make it right, uh, to, to uh, pay back that which was wrong. So if, for example, uh, if you steal something from someone, what the, the, the section from Numbers here says is you should give back what you stole and then also one-fifth as well. Or if you, you know, if you uh, harm the other person in some other way, or if you damage their property or something, you should add one-fifth to it. Uh, a couple weeks ago in our sermon study, we, we uh, took a look at Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus, uh, had, he said, I'm going to, whatever I've, I've uh, returned, whatever I've stolen, and, and give back fourfold. So he, Zacchaeus kind of went above and beyond of even what this Old Testament uh, statute says. But I think this is the idea of a fruit of faith, 
um, are a fruit of repentance is what's being uh, talked about here. And a lot of times when there is a sin that we commit today, um, God doesn't necessarily give us the law, thou shalt uh, give one-fifth back, but he does encourage us to make things right through fruits of repentance and through and through a fruits of uh, faith, acknowledging that uh, there is something that we can do to make it right. So when, you know, you steal something from someone, you don't just confess your sin and give forgiveness and say, okay, well, everything's right and good now. A lot of times there is a something you need to do to make it right, whether it be uh, helping that person, paying that person back, uh, or if you damage someone's property, you know, replacing that property or, or uh, paying to have that property replaced, whatever the case may be, um, either this, this idea of making things right is a biblical idea. Um, so it's more than just confessing, it's also uh, making that restitution or uh, making things right with that person whom you have harmed in whatever way. And of course, that's motivates the reason it's called fruit of faith is because it's motivated by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've seen now what Christ has done for you in forgiving the sin that you have confessed. You know how much love it takes to, to cover that sin because you know the work that Jesus did in his life and death and resurrection. And now as you have, been, have seen that love of Christ and been moved by that love of Christ, now you can reflect that love of Christ to others by serving them. So any kind of thoughts on that section? I know it's kind of a... A, a deep pull from numbers there on this idea of confession, absolution, restitution, um, but it's a very biblical concept and it goes all the way back to, to Mount Sinai there. I like that you use this section. I like that you really focused on that restitution idea. The first thing that makes me think of is that we often think of repaying someone's debt and they demand it plus interest. You maybe think of a bank loan, loan or something like that. And ultimately, rather than thinking of what is demanded or expected, I like the way you brought in the idea that this is what we can do that would be pleasing to the Lord in order to make amends to say, hey, what I did to you was wrong. I want to repay you because I care about you plus interest. It'd be simple for me to just give back what I took, but for me to go above and beyond that, I think that's what we see in this is going above and beyond what we did wrong. And that's what we see in, I like that, that word commitment. You almost have a play on words here. We commit our sin against God, so we're unfaithful to Him, but He continuously shows us His commitment to us and that He goes above and beyond for us. We have stolen from Him, but now He repays our debt for us and goes above and beyond, like you were saying, with His work on the cross. Very fitting for the season of Lent as far as repayment goes. We deserve His wrath. He repays us with His grace and just shows that we have been unfaithful and uncommitted to him in our sin and rebellion, but he shows his ongoing commitment to us and his faithfulness. Isn't that, is that a Romans verse? Even, oh, Timothy, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself because that's, that's the kind of God, that's the kind of person he is. Yeah, I think that's a key takeaway from this section too is, you know, any sin that men commit in unfaithfulness against the Lord, you know, when we think, when we, you know, you commit a sin against somebody else, you might think, well, I'm sinning against them, um, whether it be stealing from someone else or committing adultery against someone else or, you know, having anger towards somebody else. But really, every sin is a sin against God, first and foremost. Um, think of Joseph when Bathsheba, or not Bathsheba, when, <laughs> think of Joseph when uh, Potiphar's wife wanted to commit adultery with him. What did he say? How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So a lot of times we think of these sins as, well, against somebody else. 
really every sin, first and foremost, is a sin against God. And that's what this section says, too, um, that men commit in unfaithfulness against the Lord. So being faithful to the Lord means loving your neighbor. And when you fail to do that, you're not only being unfaithful to your neighbor, you're being unfaithful to God. Well, you, you cited Bathsheba, and I think this is a good example. She ought to have, a lot of times we just blame David, but she ought to have told the king, I can't do this. I'm married. You know, I can't do this great wickedness of sin against God. So that's a, that's a good example, too. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your great word through which you revealed to us our sin through the law and through which you also revealed to us your love in Christ Jesus, which forgives us our sins, points us to our Savior, and assures us of eternal salvation won for us through his death on the cross. Bless us today as we continue to grow and abide in your word. Strengthen us according to your will. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I've got a number of announcements for you today. Uh, I want to say thank you to all those who volunteered for the Red Cross Blood Drive. We had quite a few members giving this past week. Uh, thank you to the senior class as well for volunteering. Uh, it was a very successful blood drive and everything went well with that, so thank you for that. also wanted to update you the Hymnal Review Committee met yesterday. Uh, we are beginning our information gathering phase, so we're taking a look at three hymnals. There's the New Christian Worship. 2021 Christian Worship Hymnal. Uh, there's the LSB, the Lutheran Service Book we're looking at that came out in 2006. And we're also comparing it to the Lutheran Hymnal, which is the one that we uh, have in our pews right now. Uh, TLH, it's known as, it came out in 1941. So we're comparing those and uh, seeing which may be the best tool for our continued use in our church and school. Uh, today, our uh, Lenten season continues. We are now on the second petition. Thy Kingdom Come, uh, Pastor Nathaniel Mayhew from over in Sleepy Eye, uh, uh, Grace Sleepy Eye and Faith in New Ulm is coming to preach for us today on that topic, Thy Kingdom Come. Also want to continue to thank everyone who's offering their portraits of Jesus in the sanctuary. They're very beautiful. If you have a, a portrait of Jesus you'd like to share, please feel free to bring it in and um, uh, contact Mr. Lane Fisher, uh, who's kind of been in charge of uh, organizing them and, and placing them where they, they fit best in the sanctuary there. Uh, this coming weekend is Alumni Day, uh, so March 19th, that's Saturday. Uh, the schedule for that uh, uh, event is in your bulletins from last weekend. Um, also, I got an announcement from uh, Mrs. Casto, our athletic director. She says, we're in need of upgrading our scoreboards and installing shot clocks by the 2023 basketball season. So it's coming up here fairly soon, so we need, we're going to need new scoreboards. So during the Varsity Boys Alumni Game this Saturday at 3.30, we're hoping that with your help, we can raise funds towards this goal. If you're able to sponsor the game by donating $1 per point scored or sponsor a team for $50, that would be greatly appreciated. So I think you get a hold of Mrs. Casto or you get a hold of Jay Hannell and uh, let them know if you're willing to, to give for that. Um, also, uh, we just got a number of yard signs delivered. The Outreach Committee has been working on getting yard signs to promote our school. Um, Pastor, you want to talk about, about that? Sure. We know that a lot of people in the community don't always know that we have a high school here. I think a lot of people know that we have a school, but don't know what those grades are. So we wanted to keep a simple reminder out there for people during this enrollment period, you know, the last couple months of the school year here. So we've got 100 signs. They're color, they're corjugate, and they have stakes as well. So we'd like, uh, basically, over the, whenever you come in, go ahead and sign your name up there, take a sign and then put it in a visible spot somewhere around your property that you think is good. I would ask you don't use your foot to push the stake into the ground. You're going to break the stake every single time, so make sure you just use two hands to put it in there. And uh, keep that sign on the property. I'll probably keep mine in my garage, 
and then in the fall we'll put them out again so we're hopeful that we can get all 100 signs out so do make use of those if you would please awesome that sounds like a great opportunity to promote our school uh, this weekend we continue our study of confirmation Bible class uh, we've had some good discussion the last few weekends about that tradition and whether or not it's a worthwhile thing for us to do. Um, hope you can keep joining us for that. That's uh, Saturday night at 7 o'clock after church or Sunday morning at 9 o'clock before our Sunday morning service. Um, Pew Restoration, we've, uh, we're pretty sure now next Monday, uh, March 21st, we're going to be starting that Pew Restoration. So uh, that's going to involve a number of services following that being down in the uh, MPF, the multi-purpose facility. Um, so stay tuned for that. Don't be surprised if things are moving around as we get the, the pews restored there in church. Uh, it's about a two-week process, so it's starting next Monday, and hopefully by April 1st we'll be wrapping those up. Uh, so that's, that weekend in between there is going to be Arts Camp. So uh, if you know of any 5th through 8th graders that are looking to sign up for Arts Camp, make sure you do that very soon. I believe the deadline for that is tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, sign up for Arts Camp, kind of a last call here now uh, for that. Uh, on our prayer list, uh, we prayed this last weekend in church for Nellie Edwards, who is going to undergo a surgery on Tuesday uh, because of a number of complications. That surgery has now been put off, uh, so that did not take place as we were praying it would. Uh, so please continue to keep Nellie in your prayers. She was really hoping to have that surgery on Tuesday, and now it's uh, been delayed. So keep praying for her. We also pray on behalf of Jean Mori, uh, the oldest member of our congregation who's turning 101 years old today. What a blessing that is for her, and we thank the Lord for those many years of blessings. And we also continue to pray uh, for peace in the Ukraine, that uh, the Lord would would uh, bless all those involved there in that conflict, and that uh, give both physical peace and, and, most importantly, spiritual peace. You know, a lot of times the Lord uses these very dangerous situations to help turn people to Him. Uh, when everything else is up in the air and you can't have confidence in anything in this world, of course we can have confidence in our Savior Jesus and all that he has done for us. And with that, we'll now turn to our Meet the Faculty portion of the program. To, uh, yesterday I had the chance to sit down with Mrs. Stephanie Rucker. She's our 5th and 6th grade teacher. Here's what that sounded like. We are joined today by Mrs. Stephanie Rucker. Stephanie is the 5th and 6th grade teacher here at Emanuel. It's her first year on the job, although for the past few years before that she was also our kindergarten teacher. So Stephanie's been working among us here at Emanuel for quite some time now. I believe a year longer even than, than I've been here. So I got here in 2016 and you yep, started in 2015. 2015, excellent. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's joining us for our Meet the Faculty portion of our podcast today. Um, it's really been a joy for me anyway to get to know some of our faculty members better. Uh, you listeners, you hear myself and Pastor Radical all the time from the pulpit or on the podcast, but uh, you probably see the and hear the faculty members a little bit less. So we think this is a good chance for uh, you to get to know these called servants whom you keep in your thoughts and prayers and offerings and uh, the important work that they do. So how are you doing today, Stephanie? Great, thank you. Excellent. Uh, so just got some basic questions for you. Just want to know, so Stephanie, where did you grow up? Where are you from? I was born and raised right here in Mankato. Excellent. So you've been here your whole life? I have, yes. Okay. Uh, are you married, Stephanie? Do you have kids? What's your family life like? Yes, I have a husband named Will, and I have one three-year-old son, almost four. Uh, his name is Wesley. Wesley. Uh, what's your maiden name, Steph? Purrington. Purrington. So a lot of Purrington families. There's also some other families here at Emanuel. Your 
have some relations to? Yes, some people would be familiar with the Geiger family. That was my mom's maiden name. Excellent. Wonderful. Um, Steph, so you're you're a teacher now, obviously. When you were a kid, did you think you were going to end up being a teacher? Is this a lifelong dream of yours, or did something else that came along? Or um, I wouldn't say I thought that I would always be a teacher. I've always liked working with kids, and I started babysitting at a pretty young age. I taught Sunday school and high school. But when I was a kid, I think I thought I would be a zookeeper or a marine biologist. Veterinarian, yeah. Vets, yeah. classic answer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I always liked animals when I was younger, but I guess I just like people more now. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, well, that's good. So what, was there a specific event or something that led you to decide to be a teacher? Was it just a kind of slow transition or what? Mostly a slow transition, working with kids more really pushed me in that direction um and then also both of my grandfathers were teachers oh really yeah and growing up they were constantly telling their grandchildren we should be teachers they were explaining why we should be teachers how difficult it was but how rewarding it was at the same time Mm -hmm. and um i I think they they just had a big influence on me and some of my other cousins i have uh, two cousins that are teachers. I have a few cousins that have married teachers. Okay. I have a sister that's a teacher. Wow. So yeah. it runs in the family for sure. It does, yeah. We had a lot of admiration for our grandfathers, so that was a big influence for us, I would say. Excellent. Well, that's amazing. You know, I think, I think too, you know, today we tend to have a shortage in teachers, both, you know, in the CLC, but also I think in general in, in society, we don't have enough teachers mm-hmm. who can do this really important work. And it is a challenging job like you say but it is such Mm -hmm. a rewarding job too so you know good on your grandparents for Mm -hmm. encouraging you to do that because sometimes I think we can just naturally think I can never do that or I don't have the patience for that um and maybe you can attest too sometimes we do run out of patience (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. but uh but uh it's important work too at the most important work really outside Mm -hmm. of perhaps uh being a parent itself is the most important job is raising these children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord right so where'd you go to school, uh, Steph? I went here, uh, Manual, kindergarten through 12th grade. All the way through. All the way through, Excellent. and I loved it. Yeah, oh good. Yeah, and uh, then I went to MSU here in Mankato to get my teaching degree. Okay, okay, what degree did you get? Elementary education, it covers kindergarten through sixth grade. Okay, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anywhere else that you worked or taught before you joined us here at Emanuel in 2015, like you said? Yes. Uh, teaching related, I taught English language learners in Wasika and reading intervention in Wasika. Okay. Wonderful. Um, so one of the most important things about our school here in the ministry, our school, is that we, we propose a uh, Christian education, right? So as opposed to all the other schools around, many of the other schools around here that would be public school or they uh, have different ideologies, we hold up the Christian education as the most important thing. Um, and especially for you, having gone K to 12, mm-hmm. why do you think uh, uh, Christian education is so important, especially today? Yeah. Well, as Christians, you know, God, our faith, that's the center of our lives. It's the foundation of our lives. Um, we look to do God's work and follow his will in everything that we do in life. So, of course, um, that should include school. Our students are here 
35 plus hours a week. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge portion of their life that they're spending in school. So I think it's just really great that we get to put that into action here at Emmanuel. We get to keep God's word as the central focus in our classes, in our lessons, um, and as we work through conflicts or struggles with with students each day we get to keep god's word as a central focus always yeah i think that that's an awesome point is that god's word has answers to all the problems that we face we don't we're not perfect here we're not a perfect school we don't have perfect students or perfect teachers but mm-hmm. we use god's word when we have those struggles and challenges and god's word is what helps us to get through those things yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great point how about a can you tell us a story uh from your classroom this year or in the past maybe about that will help our listeners kind of understand what Emmanuel Lutheran School is all about. For sure. So one uh, story that I can think of is um, I've got some new students this year. It can be tough for new students at Emmanuel because we are such a small school. Many of our students have known each other for many mm-hmm. years, maybe even since kindergarten. Yeah or might even be related to each other. <laughs> yeah. So it can be hard for new students coming in to feel like they belong or feel like they have a place. Uh, but I've been really impressed with my students, how they've just welcomed in the newcomers with open arms. One story that I can think of specifically, it was the first day of school this year. The kids were all going through the lunch line to get their food. You know, they're all looking out, surveying where they're going to sit. And they all settle into, you know, their comfortable spots with their friends, of course, and kids that they've seen over the summer. And one of my new students picked a spot, you know, at an end of, of a table by himself. I was just about to stand up and go tell some of my other students, hey, why don't you go ask him to come sit with you Mm -hmm. and before I could even stand up my sixth grade boys gave each other a little look and a nod and they picked up their lunch trays and walked over and sat with this boy awesome Hmm. yeah I just thought that was really cool to see that they made that decision on their own they didn't need me to intervene and tell them to make sure that he felt included they they did that on their own and then I saw one of one of the boys um, patted him on the back and he said, you're, you're my friend now, just stick with me. <laughs> I <laughs> cool. thought that was so sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I think that's, you know, that kind of illustrates, I think, one of the things we try to accomplish as a school is, you know, we have, we have a student handbook and we have all kinds of rules and guidelines, you know, things that, rules that you have to follow at school and sometimes it can mm-hmm. seem a little overbearing at times. And, you know, maybe when you're in high school you think of roll your eyes at all the rules. But one of the things we try to do with our students is help them to get from the point of you're doing this because you have to do it mm-hmm. to doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And I think that's what we see with those those boys, like you mentioned there, is, you know, it would have been one thing if you would have told them, hey, go go hang out with that boy. He needs you to hang out with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing it because they were told to do it versus, as you say, going ahead and doing it, you know, bef- because they knew it was the right thing to do. So right. very cool. That's an awesome story. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, Steph, because you're so intimately involved in the work of, of the school and the church. One of the next questions I'd like to ask you is just kind of what areas could you see that we could improve as a as a church and school function unit together as we continue our ministry here at Emmanuel? Sure. 
One thing um, that I think is such a blessing about Emmanuel is that we have kindergarten through 12th grade under one roof, Mm -hmm. one building. And recently we've been trying to maximize that blessing um, by having the students interact with each other a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So we started a mentoring program where the upperclassmen uh, spend time with some of the younger kids, help them with homework or help teach them life skills, Mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, Last week, I also had my fifth and sixth graders read with kindergarten through second graders. Cool. And all of those things are such a benefit to all of the kids, the old older ones and the younger ones alike. Yeah. It, it benefits both of them. And I'd like to see us do even more of that because I think it's a really unique blessing that we have here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, my daughter's in kindergarten. She's she. There's a couple of. Uh, upperclassmen who every time they you know they walk by her in the hallway on in the morning and they'll give her a high five or they'll mm-hmm. say hi Eleanor you know and that just makes her day more than more than me or her mother you know saying hi to her in the morning it's more importantly is well that senior boy he said hi to me you right know? you know and I think those interactions as you say we there are not very many k-12 schools in in the whole United States I don't think you know right. so it's a very unique blessing that we have having them all together under one roof and as you say, maximizing those interactions that the kids can have with each other is, is going to reap benefits both ways. As you say, it's good yes. for the younger kids, but it's good for those older kids to realize that they are leaders and mentors and role models for the kids too. And that puts on them responsibility and uh, ownership to the actions that they take. And yeah, so I think that's, it's a, it's a benefit for everybody, I think. Absolutely. Good. Uh, so what are your, some of your favorite things about being a, a teacher that you've been doing it for six, seven years now. Mm-hmm. I just love being with the kids every day. That, as I said before, is one of the main reasons why I became a teacher, just mm-hmm. being able to spend time with the kids, um, watching them learn and grow. Um, I think that's probably my favorite part. And I love watching just the special bond that they form with each other. Mm-hmm. And like you just said, older kids interacting with the younger kids and seeing that interaction, that bond, I I just love seeing all of that and seeing how the kids grow and improve mm-hmm. over time. And yeah, I so, would say just being with the kids. So your your first kindergarten class in 2015, yeah. they're now you're now teaching them again, right? Is that yeah? Understand that right? They're. Yes, my first two kindergarten classes that I had, I'm now teaching in fifth and sixth grade. Yeah, so you're kind of seeing a whole different level of these kids that you had all those years ago, and now you're there in fifth and sixth grade. And, you know, the work you did six years ago now is is, you're seeing the results of that here. Yes, it is so cool to see how they've changed and grown and stayed the same in some ways. It's kind of amazing to see... Uh, some things that have stuck around with their personality yeah, or yeah. likes or dislikes. So it's really been fun to see. Awesome. That's so cool. How about uh, flip side? What are some of your least things about being a teacher? Probably the main thing would be waking up early. <laughs> yeah. I am not a morning person. <laughs> and 7.30 seems so early to get here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not a morning person. But 
um, I don't know. There's not a lot that I dislike about being a teacher. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it's a lot of work, so sometimes it can be a little stressful and overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, there's not a lot of things that stand out that I don't like. Awesome. <laughs> Very good. Well, that's great. Yeah. So we talked a lot about school and everything that that you do there. How about uh, mm-hmm. how about Stephanie outside of the classroom? What are some hobbies or some things you like to do outside of, of being a teacher? Yeah, uh, some hobbies I have are, you know, making like home decor type stuff or doing renovations to our house, woodworking type stuff. Um, I like to be outside as much as possible. I like to take pictures. Uh, now that I have my son, I probably my favorite thing with him is just experiencing new things with him or yeah. seeing him experience new things. Mm-hmm. I love to see him do or see something for the first time ever. Yep, yep. Makes the little things in life a lot more exciting. Absolutely. Because he gets so excited about them. Yep. So, yeah, that's probably the, the biggest thing is um, being able to do new things with my son. Yeah, very cool. It's so neat to be able to see the world in a fresh way you know what I mean the, yes. as if you're seeing it for the first time yourself you know and mm-hmm. as a young parent as well I totally can relate to what you're saying there it's cool to look at the world from that lower level but mm-hmm. also uh, that kind of like marveling thing too and it's giving glory and praise to God and all that he's he's made in our world too absolutely how about uh, any thanks for all your time today Steph any closing yeah. thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners before you go yeah, I would just like to thank the parents and the congregation for always being so kind and supportive of the teachers. You know, like we've said, this is this can be a really stressful, overwhelming job. There just aren't enough hours in the day to mm-hmm. take care of all of the needs of the school and the kids. So all the people that donate their money their time their talents to help support our school it's just so much appreciated because every tiny bit helps Mm -hmm. and every dollar or amount of minute that is you know donated or dedicated to the school directly benefits the students and that's what we as teachers want to see is our students getting a better education, having better support when needed. Um, So that, I just, yeah, just thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for (laughs) always being so supportive. It it goes a long way. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a a neat closing thought. You know, we're all a big team, right? We're all Mm -hmm. working together, and the goal is to help raise these children in in God's Word and to give them the best education we can and to – uh, help them to find what talents and skills and abilities they've been blessed with by God so they can become wonderful members of society and of our church as well. So thank you for your time today, Steph. Really appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having me. Thank you again to Mrs. Stephanie Rucker for that interview. Wonderful to have her on. Next week we'll be talking to our college counselor, uh, Mrs. Helena Stevens. So we're looking forward to that conversation as well. She works with quite a few of the high schoolers as they prepare for their college education. We'll close today with our hymn of the day, a hymn that I've not sung in my life, I don't believe, hymn 317, it's entitled, Alas, my God, my sins are great. Alas, my God, my sins are great, my conscience doth upbraid me, and now I find that in my strait no man hath power to aid me. 
and fled I hence in my despair in some lone spot to hide me, my griefs would still be with me there, and peace still be denied me. Lord, thee I seek, I merit not, yet pity and restore me. Just God be not thy wrath my lot, thy Son hath suffered for me. If pain and woe must follow sin, then be my path still rougher. Here spare me not, if heaven I win, on earth I gladly suffer. But curb my heart, forgive my guilt, make thou my patience firmer, for they must miss the good thou wilt, who at thy chastenings murmur. Then deal with me as seems best thee, thy grace will help me bear it, if but at last I see thy rest, and with my Savior share it. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.